All right. Thank you, Leanne. Praise God. It's great to see everyone this morning and those of you online. Uh, you, know, we, you, know, you know, you ever go on Christmas Day, right, and you, 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 you're looking for a certain kind of gift. And I remember uh, when, you know, I, I had uh, Dylan when he was young. He, he, was, uh, he wanted a certain kind of a phone back then. You know, we, we went from those, uh, you know, dumb phones to smartphones. You, you know what I'm talking about. And he wanted a phone. But what, we, what I did was I wrapped it in a, in a, in a big box, which then wrapped it also in a smaller box. And actually from a small box to a bigger box. To a big, and so he, he, when he saw the, the gift, he was thinking, ah, he, he wasn't really interested. But he think like, it's not really the gift that I want, you know. And, but how many you know he had to unwrap that? And, and you know, sometimes you, you ever try to open up a gift where it's so wrapped so good with the ribbon that you, can, you have a difficult time unwrapping it? Yeah? Well, he started to unwrap it, and it went from a big box to a, a smaller box and then to another box, and, and he was getting all tired, you know, unwrapping it. Then he finally got to the small box, and all of a sudden he realized this could possibly be the cell phone that he wants. And all of a sudden, his eyes lit up, and he, he, he took, it up, took it apart, and he saw the gift. And, you know, life is like that. You see, we have something precious in us. There's, there's, there's a, that gift of a new life, but it's wrapped up sometimes. And then what we need to do is unwrap those things. So I'm, I'm going to talk to you today about unwrapping a new life. Uh, last week, we discussed how the birth of Christ reveals God's love to us and that God loves us. He wants to save us, but he also wants to transform us to become like him. Well, as you look, Jesus grew up. He didn't just stay in the manger as a, as a little baby. He grew up and, and, and what he did, he demonstrated this ability to deliver by performing miracles. You know, I want to just give you a little prelude. In January and February, we're going to go into a, a miracle series we're going to preach about the miracles in the Bible. Believe God for, for miracles. How many, how many of you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? The miracles He did yesterday, He can do today and tomorrow. Amen? And so we're going to preach that faith. There's, you might want to start thinking about people who are maybe in a very difficult situation and they need a miracle. You want to invite them to that series. But you see... Jesus demonstrated that. He, he healed people of diseases and uh, uh, he had authority over sin, uh, which, which, you know, with, with illnesses. And, and so he, he was amazing. So through Jesus, we not only receive the gift of eternal life, but also have the opportunity to experience a new life on earth. Kind of like a heaven on earth experience. See, one of Jesus' amazing miracles was raising to life a man who was dead for four days. This demonstrates that Jesus has power over sin, death, and life itself. If we place our trust in him, we can experience that same power to, to unwrap us from sin. And this occurs through obedience to his word and by allowing others to help unwrap us in discipleship relationship. Well, we find in, in coming in John chapter 11 in the beginning, uh, as before I get to the text, Jesus received word from Mary and Martha, his dear friends of his, and he, and he received word that, his, uh, that their brother Lazarus is sick. And then Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. But what he did was he stayed there two more days. He said, this sickness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God so that God's Son will be glorified. 
and see, but he stated two more deeds. He loved Mary and Martha. He loved Lazarus. But for some reason, he stayed two more days. And he didn't hurry up or get there. And some of you, you feel like that. Maybe you're going through some kind of need and challenge or you need a miracle. But somehow you think, wow, God, God, for some reason, he's too slow. How, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, let me tell you something. God is never too late. And he's never too early. He's always on time. Not on your time. It's his time. So when you understand that, that uh, no matter what you're facing, whatever circumstance you're going through in life, let me tell you what, God knows and he loves you, but he's going to come on his timing. All you need to do is keep trusting him. Put your faith in him. So what happened is, uh, as they went on uh, two days uh, staying in the same place, the disciples asked, oh, what about Lazarus? Uh, And Jesus said, Lazarus is sleeping. And I, I'm going to wake him up. And let me tell you something. Uh, the disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, it's okay. We, 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 you know, let him sleep. Let him rest. Then you go down to verse 14. He said this uh, in, 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 in John 11. It says, so what happened is Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And he said this, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. How many of you believe in Jesus today? Come on, let me see your hand if you believe in Jesus today. Well, if you believe, um, for he said that um, you believe, and he said, let us go to him. So they, they, they journeyed, they went to where Lazarus was. And we pick up the story in verse 32 of John 11, and it says this, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. We find here that Jesus identified with the pain and the suffering that Martha and Mary and the others around them were going through. He identified with our pain. He identifies with our hurt. See, he's not a God that's so off in the heavens that he cannot identify with us. You see, Jesus wept. And he goes on to say, verse 36, So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man and have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Now you can imagine, they're going to the grave, and everyone's there, and they're at the grave, and Jesus tells them to take away the stone. See, the stone represents sometimes our unbelief and our doubts in God. That God already said something to us, but we, we put up our unbeliefs and doubt. The Bible says in Hebrews, make sure there's not in you uh, a cause in an evil heart of unbelief that's departing from God, going away from God's plan and purpose. So we find here, Jesus said, take away the stone. See, there's some things that God will do for us that we can never do for ourselves, but there's some things that God will require you and I to do. It's time to take away the stone. Can I hear an amen, somebody? 
Now take away the stone that's maybe your beliefs, your, 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 your mindset and what you're thinking. Because the Bible says, as a man believe, as the man think in his heart, so is he. You are a direct, uh, actually a product of what you're thinking about. See, you might not realize that where you are in life today, whether you admit it or not, is by accumulation of your thought life. That's why sometimes you, you want God to do a miracle in your life. You need to change the way you think. Change the way you, the Bible says, guard your heart uh, in, in Proverbs 4.23. The heart in the Old Testament means the whole in, innermost being. It means the mind also. We have to guard it. Why? Because out of it will flow the issues of life. And the enemy wants to attack our mind. He said, take away the stone. And Martha said, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time he will be in odor. Well, he just basically said, he stinks right now because he has been dead four days. I got a word for you. Some of you, you might feel like it's hopeless, it's over, and you're in the death, uh, you're in the cave, and it's like it's done. Let me tell you what, it's never over until God says it's over. That you have to trust Him, put your faith in Him, because why? He, he's showing us in the Scripture that all of a sudden He can do something that we can never do for ourselves. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that, I, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. I knew that You always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now I'm glad that he said, Lazarus, come forth. But if he would have just said, come forth, then every person in the grave would have come out forth. You see, Jesus was specific. He was detailed. And he came, he, he, Lazarus, come forth. He called Lazarus to come out. Come out of your, your, your dark cave, your darkness, your death. Come out. The Lord's calling us out of our, of our, our sin, our, our self-centeredness. He's calling us out. How, how many of you hear the voice of God? He's calling you out right now, those of you online. He doesn't want you to live the same way. He wants you to come forward. And we see why. The man who died came out, his hands, feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You see, what happened? He came out. Like, you know, you see those movies of mummy? You know, he was wrapped up. He was wrapped up with grave cloths. And what happened is the Lord said something so special. He said, Loose him. He said that you unbind him. You unwrap him. He's talking to the people there. You see, God will give us the new life. He'll, he'll save us. He'll, he'll cause us to be born again. The new life is on the inside. But there's some unwrapping that needs to be done. And I got a word for you today. You cannot unwrap yourself. You, you ever try to unwrap yourself? You cannot. You can imagine the people that day was thinking. He's telling them to go and unwrap. So they had to unwrap the, the grave cloths off of, the, off of Lazarus so that the life that was inside could come forward. See, some of us right now, you may believe in Jesus, you have him in your life, but you need to be unwrapped. There's some things that maybe that those, those grave cloths which can represent our past 
can represent maybe our labels that people have labeled you because some of the decisions you made in life and they put these this labels on you. And let me tell you what, when you come into Christ, the Bible, uh, he, he rips off those labels. But you, got, you get unwrapped when you get into a place of discipleship. And I'll talk about that later. But see, Jesus calls us out from death to life. Look at me, Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us. Let me tell you what, man, we can never talk about the love of God enough. I heard a preacher once say, if the, the, the ocean was filled with ink, it still wouldn't be enough to write about the love of God. God's love for you and I. And God, let me tell you what, his love for you is, is always coming to you. So a lot of times we, we have a hard time receiving the love of God because we think we're unworthy. I was talking to a person this past week saying they feel like they're unworthy. I say that's a lie from the pit of hell because you're so worthy Jesus is willing to come and die on the cross for you. Pay the price for you. You are worthy. Not because of your goodness. It's because of the blood of Jesus. Can I hear an amen, somebody? It's by the blood of Jesus over us. But you see, he loves us and, and he's rich in mercy. You might say, well, man, you don't know where I've been, what I've done, coach. Let me tell you what. God is rich in mercy. Even though you might say, I messed up so many times. He is rich in mercy. He has more than enough mercy for you today. And he's coming after you because of his love for you. And the whole purpose, he's calling you out so he can make you alive. He's calling you out of the kingdom of darkness into his glorious light. He's calling you out of hopelessness and helplessness, feeling despair coming out, especially in this Christmas season, coming out to the place of hope in Christ. He's calling you out today because he wants to make you alive in Christ. You have to hear the voice of God. You may be new to this. Someone maybe invited you here in service or watching online. There was a number of people who gave their life to the Lord in the first service because they, hear, they can hear God calling them out. You see, you might think, well, I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I want to do some amazing things for God. Let me tell you what. You're not going to enter into your destiny until you come out from your sin and from your darkness and from your hopelessness. You have to come out before the Holy Spirit can lead you in. Somebody ought to say amen on that. That's good preaching right there. See, you want to go in. You can't go in until you come out. What is that God saying to you today? What area you need to come out from? Because when you come out, God will lead you in to your destiny and your purpose. Well, we are enabled to live a new life as we allow God to unwrap us through discipleship. You see, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You know, I realized uh, when I became a Christian, I knew about God, but I didn't know him in a personal way. And I knew him, but I was trying to just know God in my own way. You know, me and Jesus, me and Jesus, I don't need anyone else. Until I got into relationships, until I got into small group discipleship. Pastor Norman, who's the founder of our church and, and now he's the expansion pastor, uh, he took me under his wing. He began to disciple me. You see, he began to, to teach me the word of God. He began to say to me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He spoke truth in me because truth will either offend you or it will set you free. It's the way you receive it. 
And I remember him just discipling, spending time with me, unwrapping all the ugliness, all the junk out of my life so that the life of Christ inside of me can shine forward. And some of you, you, you're right at that point, man, Christ is doing something on the inside of you, but there needs to be some unwrapping happening around you. I was talking to a guy who just, uh, who just started going to a small group for a couple of months. He loves it. And, you know, he said for a, for a time he was resisting small group. Not wanting to go to small group. And not understanding that his deliverance and, 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 and really being unwrapped in life was in the small group. When he got there, he, he realized people are transparent and they're real. And they come and they're iron sharpen iron and begin to pray for each other. And in the process, there's an unwrapping that's happening in their lives. And this guy said he, he won't ever miss small group again because he saw the power of God unwrapping him in the midst of a small group. You're going to hear a powerful testimony on screen uh, on how uh, uh, this couple that came to Christ, chaotic and, and a lot of uh, things going wrong, a lot of mess going on in their life. But let me tell you what, when they begin to get into a small group discipleship, the Lord began to clean them up and begin to transform them from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And today, God, on this Sunday, God's doing something amazing in one of their lives. Why? Why is that? Because they humbled themselves. They realize they can't do life on their own. You know, the, the people say, I want to change. I want, I want to become like God. I want to become like Jesus and, and, and live the, his character out to other people. Well, you know what? There's three things, and I've said it many times. I'll say it again. The change that bring transform in a person is, first of all, it's the word of God. You're not going to change without God's word. You want to know God's will? God's will is his word. If you read his word, get the word of God in you, let me tell you what, the word of God will lead you to the will of God. Can you hear an amen, somebody? You see, and then the second one is the spirit of God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of God inside of me. And then the spirit of God will move mountains in front of you. The spirit of God will, will give you the power to overcome sin and, and walk this life. Well, you need the word, you need the spirit. Well, a lot of people stop right there. And they want to change, and they wonder why they're struggling, and they cannot change. Why? Because you need not just the Word, not just the Spirit of God, you need the people of God in your life. Who's your band of brothers, uh, sisters that are around you, that's speaking the Word of God into your life, and, and encouraging you, and praying with you? Let me tell you what, transformation comes when you're with the people of God. Not just with people, I mean, you know, you can, you can be with people, they have nothing to do with God, and you're not going to change. you got to be a people who have the Spirit of God and the Word of God working in them, and you get around them, they'll change you. Some of you, God's calling you right now. You're like, I want to get to the next level. I want to walk this walk to the next level. Well, let me tell you what. The next level is for you to be in a small group. And that's where the transformation happens. That's where the change begins to happen on the inside. That's what happened for me. I know God will do the same thing with you. So who, who, who's God calling you, uh, calling you to be partnering with other brothers and sisters in Christ? Sometimes the very ones, you're going to hear the testimony that they might irritate us and they're, they're constantly coming to us and we're trying to stiff arm them and push them away. Is the very people that God has put in our lives to receive them. 
and to allow them to speak into our life. Well, through Christ, we can live a new life on earth and can help to unwrap others. You know, in this holiday season, uh, people are most uh, prone to depression, discouragement, despair, feeling hopeless, maybe not having uh, the finances to buy Christmas gifts, not maybe have the finances to even have a tree. And, and people are going through a, a season, they're smiling on the outside, but they're broken and they're hurt on the inside. But you see, the reality is when you realize how God loves you so much, He put people in your life, begin to unwrap you and, and that the, the new life in you begin to come forward, what you want to do is you want to start helping unwrap other people. See, God placed people in our lives, in our workplace, in the community, even in our families, that God wants us to get beside them and disciple them and perhaps unwrap them of all their junk so that the life of Christ may come forward. And God's saying that to you today. And then maybe you're in a small group, but you haven't yet been transparent and honest about some of the junk in your life. And you wonder why you're stuck. is because you haven't been transparent. And when you begin to be honest, not just to God, but to honest to one another, then you become vulnerable. And you're in a very safe place. Why? Because you're among people that love you and pray for you. And you'll begin to see God do some amazing things in your life. Look at me in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. You see, you can be around Christ. You can be far from Christ. But if you're in Christ, that's in a relationship with Jesus. He said this, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's by being in a relationship with Christ. Some of you, you may have come this morning, you say, man, I just want 2022 to end because it does a lot of pain, a lot of hate, a lot of anger, a lot of suffering in 2022. I want it to end. I want a new beginning. Let me tell you what, you don't have to wait till January 1st, 2023. You can be in Christ today. And then all things passed away. And behold, all things become new. A new beginning in Christ. See, when you understand that the redemption of, of a people who now live for Christ by living for others, affected by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you begin to understand your life in Christ, when you're standing in Christ, you're not, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about other people who you can help, who you can unwrap in their lives so that the life of Christ may shine for it through them. I have a testimony online. Friday night, Friday actually during the day, I, I, I got a call and I guess I was scheduled to preach Friday night at the main campus, but you know, someone forgot to let me know. <laughs> and I found out after. So I, you know, you, you automatically go into panic mode because I wasn't ready. I you know, get ready Friday, Saturday, and coming Sunday morning here. So I had to, you know, really get, get into the Word. But then God told me, hey, you know, don't worry, just trust me. Just trust me. I'll, I'll. And then, so what happened is, uh, uh, I, I talked to one of the person who's going to uh, be my guest spot. Uh, something special was happening in her life uh, this 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 Sunday today. And what happened was, uh, so we went up on we went up on the stage. I preached and got her up on as my guest spot, and we just let it flow. And then God began to minister to so many people on Friday night. Uh, it was it was amazing. 
But this, this, this woman, she's married. Uh, uh, they're, they're both, uh, you know, Mike and Jen, Matthias. Uh, I've known them for like almost over 20 years. And uh, what happened, they, uh, they're business owners. They own uh, O&E uh, uh, Electronics. Uh, Matthias is an electronic company, uh, electrical company, sorry. Forgive me for that. And then what happened is she's our kids' church uh, director for all the campuses. And, and God's doing some amazing things in their life. But um, I asked her to share as a guest spot because when they first came in, it wasn't all nice. It wasn't all looking pretty. But how many of you know God can take what is broken and make something beautiful out of it? Take a look at this clip. You know, getting pregnant at 18 years old was not what I planned. We, I was supposed to go away to college. Um, I had scholarships ready to go. I was going to get my degree. I was going to travel the world. I was going to change the world, you know. I was going to go to L.A. And, and do all these great and amazing things. But God really had different plans for my family. You know, as you see, that's our family now. We didn't get married right away. It took us, we were teenagers. We used to fight all the time. And it took us a really long time to figure out what God wanted for our lives. Um, even for Mike, you know, the path that he had for his life changed in a moment, in a moment. Uh, when we got pregnant. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because, you know, how did God begin to unwrap your life and heal your brokenness? Because in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, you see the pictures and it's so beautiful yeah. seeing your whole family. I, I was just so blessed because I know all your kids and seeing them all grow up. But in the beginning, it, it was brokenness. Mm -hmm. And you had to help, someone help unwrap you. Mm -hmm. And you guys, are you and Mike. Right. Talk to us about that. So, you know, we were on this journey to find out what our purpose in life was because our life was like upside down. Everything that we thought was supposed to happen didn't happen. And, um, you know, this is 30 years later, right? We are married. We have four kids and three grandkids, one more along the, coming along the way. But in that time when we were, you know, in our early 20s, we were really trying to figure out, okay, what is this life about that God has for us? Because we knew God's hand was on us, but it was like, what in the world is happening? And I was on this quest. My grandma had been praying for me for years and years and years. Um, and finally, I was ready to actually commit my life to the Lord, go to church and find out what God has for me. I was so lost that I in fact, I had tried to make my own Bible. I got a composition book. I tabbed it. I had like different sections with different quotes, just trying to figure out what life was about. And I remember there was this moment at church where um, I, I kind of talked to God and I said, God, if everything the man on stage is preaching is true, I'm going to throw out my composition book, my fake Bible, right? And I'm going to try, try to follow you because I knew that there was something, there was a hole in my heart that I, as much as hard as I worked, I couldn't figure it out. And so this picture here is actually the first time we ever came to Pearlside Church. Uh, just so happened that day that the kids' church director was taking pictures for Easter uh, <laughs> for the kids. And so this is our first day. This is Mitchell, Jessica, and Melissa, and then Mike and I. And, you know, this day changed our life, basically. We, it was a journey still, um, but this day when we committed to come to Pearlside, 
uh, people started to invite us to small group, invite us to service, invite right. us to events. And there was one person in particular, Lily Silva, so persistent. She was a teacher like I was. I was a high school math teacher. She was a teacher in Waianae. And she just, every week after church, at kids' church, hey, Jen, you want to come to small group? And I was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy. I have a full-time job I'm teaching. I have kids. I have three kids. I don't have time for another thing right. to do during the week. And finally, it was about Christmas time. Um, if you're a teacher, you, you know and understand, like, Christmas time, you have a little bit more time. Like, you finally get to breathe a little bit. And so I said, okay, Lily, I'll come to group uh, for, during Christmas time. And I had actually promised God <laughs> I'll go once a month. <laughs> right, right. But what happened... So just like some of you right now, probably yeah. like once a <laughs> negotiating month. Negotiating <laughs> with God, right? I was negotiating with God. And what happened was, one of the first times I went to small group, right. we were all sharing... And I just, I, when it was my turn to share, I just started crying. And not like a tear coming down my face, but like ugly cry in front of all these strangers that I didn't even know. And I don't normally cry like that, you know. <laughs> and I remember driving home and I was like, I was mad at God. I was like, God, I told you, I, I, we had a deal. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I was going to go to small group. It was going to be easy. It was going to be simple. Why did you let me cry? And I heard him say, because you need this. Don't ever stop doing this. Don't leave this. And he was so right. Ever since then, we've never stopped going to small group. It right. changed our life. It became a place where um, we had friendships. They were, yeah. They've become our greatest cheerleaders, our prayer warriors. They've even been the, been the people that prod us, right, you know, right, correct right. us. And like you were saying yeah. earlier, <clears throat> and um, being a part of Eddie and Frida's group in the very beginning, right. they became a couple that we saw what marriage was supposed to be like as a Christian yeah. family, yeah. what um, parenting was supposed to be like, and even what it just meant to be a Christian. They, they were just a great example for us, them and the other couples in the group, because we did things together. We had dinners together. We camped together. Right. Our kids would hang out together. They all grew up together. They're like all the same age. And so it's, we did life together in small right. groups. It's, it's during the relationship where God began to work on you guys individually, you and Mike, but also as parents and, um, you know, and, and working in you guys' lives. Mm -hmm. Because, you see, you cannot really change by yourself. They say the three things that change us is really the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and it's other people. Mm -hmm. And as you got into other people and Mike got there, I began to see some transformation happening mm -hmm. inside you guys' lives. And, you know, um, why do you do what you do now? You know, and how are you helping to unwrap others. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we know God did it first for us. There, there was like a hole, a need in our heart that only God could answer. We tried every single thing. Mike, you know, in his own, his own story, right? He, he's like, he was an avid um, fisher, right. competitive bodybuilder. Oh, like, he was everything. <laughs> he, he, everything, you know, best friends with everybody. Yeah. And he tried so many ways to fill that hole in his heart. Right. Same with me. Like I worked hard. I, you know, had the right relationships. I um, did the best that I could in everything that I could. And it still didn't satisfy that need in my heart. It was only through Jesus Christ. Right. But I do remember the first time I went into a youth service, and it was at Momilani Cafeteria. And being a high school teacher, you know, passion, I'm passionate right. about youth and having them change the world and change their life, right? And I remember walking in and seeing 200 youth just raising their hand and praising God. And I realized at that moment, 
that's how we're going to change the world. Right, right. Is if they know Jesus Christ, then they're going to go and change the world. They're going to change their campus. They're going to change their families. They're going to change their communities. And not only that, you know, even though I get to do kids' church every week, it's not just the kids. It's not just the youth. Right. But they come with their families. They come with their parents. They come with their grandparents. Mm-hmm. They have teachers. They have classmates. They have teammates. Like, every generation has yes. to be touched by God. They have yeah. to know that when we submit our life to the Lord, when we become followers of Christ, when we become disciples, right. we give up our life and all our dreams and successes in order to do exactly what he wants us to do. And that's what makes Mike and I passionate about what we do because we know that's that focusing on eternity and the, yes. the kingdom in, keeping the kingdom in mind, that's really what God wants us to do with our lives. Yeah, I remember Mike. Uh, if you know Mike, he's a kind of guy. He invites everybody to church, okay? Uh, this guy brings a lot of people to church. And, and he was with Eddie's small group, and I was their uh, leader at the time uh, over, over the groups. And I remember it was getting really big. And they were meeting at the Dunkin' Donuts on Cam Highway. Some of you might remember that. And yeah. I, I came to the group, and I said, Mike, I told you, you need to meet on the side with your group, and Eddie, stay on this side. And, and you know, they're like, all be together. Mm-hmm. So I told Mike, go across the street. You, your group go to Zippy's right now. <laughs> so he went across the street, and then Eddie stayed at, at you know, Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts while it lasted. Yeah. But out of that, I saw, I saw Mike's leadership begin to take on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, inviting people, not just inviting them, but discipling them so they become disciplined followers of Jesus. Yeah. 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 Uh, What would you say to us today to encourage us? You know, um, Jesus isn't far away from us. God's not far away from us. He's a God who is near. He's a God who came from the riches of heaven down to earth to save us and to invite us into a life with him. And when you discover that and when you follow him, you discover your purpose. You discover your reason why you're here on earth. And it's so much bigger than you can ever hope or imagine. I never thought that first day we came to Pearlside, you know, that picture that you saw, that I would be able to sit on stage or I would be able to even, you know, do kids' church with all these families and all these kids. But we've seen so many miracles, so many signs and wonders, so many people come to know God because of who he is. And I just want to encourage you, Christmas is an amazing time to be able to invite people, invite them into your life, invite them into uh, service, invite them into your small group. Even maybe sometimes you have to go out and reach them and invite yourself into their life. Because Lily Silva, every week in the beginning, she would come and try to do one-to-one with me. She wouldn't wait for me or, or wait when I was ready. She would come every Sunday afternoon and knock on my door. (laughs) <laughs> she would just come and knock on my door yeah. and say, I'm here to do one-to-one. And I, at first, you know, I was a new believer. Oh, I didn't like, understand how that worked. I'm like, who's this yeah, yeah. person <laughs> coming to my door? Um, but it changed my life. It, it did. It changed my family's life. You know, something special is happening this Sunday. And, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I found out, I was so happy. Uh, you, you guys have been, you know, walking with the Lord, you know, going on 20-plus years at, here at ProSide. But... Uh, this Sunday, uh, actually, uh, Jennifer Matias is going to be uh, actually um, commissioned and ordained to be a, a woman's pastor in our church. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, I cannot think of anybody else who probably, you know, who's been faithful in the little. And God has brought her to a place of much. And, uh, you know, we, we at ProSide, we empower women. 
Okay, so you might be here, you're a young woman who aspired to be a pastor one day or a missionary. You're in the right place. Mm-hmm. This is the right place. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. You know, this I weekend I get to actually have you talk before everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. how about another hand for, um, again, I was going to say Pastor Jennifer Matthias, but we'll wait for Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. You know, you know, the beautiful thing about uh, uh, Mike and Jan, uh, you know, talking about Lily. Lily is part of our church, our congregation. She's over the prayer ministry. Uh, Eddie and Frida, they continue to lead small groups. They're part of our congregation because we're one church. But, but, you know, I saw the transformation, and God is still transforming them because they realize the importance of being in a small group and let people unwrap them. So the, 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 the life of Christ could shine through their lives. As we go to worship God, I, I want to believe that, that the Holy Spirit will continue to speak to us as we begin to exalt Him. Thank you, Lord.